Hey, this is Rick Brown filling in for Rob McCoy here at Vintage McCoy, and I have such a special series to bring. Two weeks ago, I was with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and his team of the Children's Health Defense as they tackle one of our greatest crises with the vaccination of children in our country. And uh, I, I had to cut this up. It was a two and a half hour event. I wanted to bring it to you guys because the content is so rich. And as you tune in, Alex uh, Meyer, who is his uh, president of the California chapter of Children's Health Defense, starts with a powerful testimony about her own vaccination injury. And then Robert F. Kennedy takes it from there. I mean, this thing is a grand slam. You have four installments coming your way here from Vintage McCoy. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said... Let there be light. Together, we will make America great again. I have never been more hopeful about America. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The advance of human liberty can only strengthen the cause of world peace. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. But because of the Watergate matter, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. One small step for man. To be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. We shall pay any price, bear any hurt, uphold any foe to ensure the survival and the success of liberty. As indeed we are, the defenders of freedom. With the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph. So help us God. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created one equal. nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Those who forget the past are destined to repeat Hi, I'm Alex Meyer, and as Mariah said, I'm the president of the California chapter of Children's Health Defense, and I serve on the board of the national organization Children's Health Defense with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. You might see me standing here and think you are looking at a six-foot-tall fashion victim, but as we all know, looks can be deceiving. It took me more than 20 years to be able to stand here and talk to you today. In the late 1990s, I was running a worldwide research group for Apple Computer, and I, I was 30, I had a great social life, I was learning to windsurf, I looked so healthy, I was featured in Windsurfing and Windsurfer magazine. But my life took a turn because even though I did corporate research for a living, I neglected to research a medical intervention. Due to that gaffe, I suddenly stopped living that great life. I spent years in my early 30s, mostly housebound, with 24-7 nausea, a migraine, joint pain, and so little energy I could barely lift my arms long enough to wash my hair in the shower. I'm an MBA and my degree became worthless because I could no longer think my way out of a paper bag, let alone a wet paper bag. What changed my life? I got six vaccines to go on a vacation to Bali. And you might not recognize me in that picture. I'm the one on the left, the pale one. That's me 20 pounds ago and 20 years ago. 
The vaccines physically disabled me, as you can see, and gave me brain damage, which you couldn't see. You can see in this photo that I was really sick. I was doing what became normal for me at the time, a little game called fake it till you make it. I may have been out one evening with my sister in that picture, but you can easily see I didn't look or feel like myself. It's probably hard to see that I'm the same person in that picture, so let's get that disgusting picture off the screen. <laughs> in the early 2000s, I got a little better, married, and gave birth to the two lights of my life, my twins, who are now 19 years old and probably the biggest cheering squad over there. <laughs> Raising them was a delight and a challenge due to my health issues. And as my twins became teens and I had some health improvements, I became more active in the medical freedom movement. I wrote almost 900 articles on health and medicine. And for that and for my work with Children's Health Defense, their friends know me as that anti-vaxxer mom. <laughs> I don't mind it so much, actually, but I want to tell you that Children's Health Defense is not anti-vaccine. We are here to make sure everyone has an informed choice. <laughs> Thirteen years after my vaccine injury, I got the right diagnosis. I was able to finally recover to about 80 or 90 percent of my former self. I still live in constant pain from head to toe, unless I'm in a pool, I love the pool, <laughs> and I still have issues with sleep. But the huge laundry list of the other symptoms is gone. I haven't had so much as a cold in at least three years, and that includes COVID. <laughs> Not doing my medical research costs me dearly. If you or your child are vaccine injured, it costs an average of $50,000 a year out of pocket if you're vaccine injured. Out of pocket when you're too sick to work. How is anybody supposed to do that? That's why everybody needs to have an abundance of caution when it comes to these COVID shots. You are not gonna have any help working and earning your money and you're not gonna have help paying your medical bills. And if I'd known about Children's Health Defense in the 1990s, if it had existed then and I'd read our articles, which are all based on the science, all sourced to the CDC and sourced to peer-reviewed uh, peer scientific literature, I would not have been in that position for the last 20 years. And I urge you to do the same. I urge you to read the articles on our site. They are amazing. They're fact-checked by lawyers and scientists before they go out. Well, after all that, I'd just like to say, pharma pricked the wrong chick. <laughs> Obviously, I'm in this movement to stay, and I'm here to fight for the truth with you. And I know there's a lot of hidden suffering in each one of us, and also, of course, among our children. If children suffer, the entire family suffers. 54% of our children suffer chronic illness, and that is an insane number. And I know a lot of us are affected by that. These are chronic illnesses that did not have to happen. A lot of it has come at the hands of big pharma. And that's why Children's Health Defense exists. We exist to create this world that we all want to live in, a world where environmental toxins that harm our health are outlawed, a world where serial corporate felons pay for what they've done to our health and our children's health and to the health of the environment.
a world where those who are injured find justice and an end to their suffering, a world where there are new safeguards so this never happens again. I'm going to read a poem by Martin Niemöller from 70 years ago. I apologize to native German speakers for that pronunciation. A poem he wrote after the Holocaust following the Nazis' rise to power and the purging of their chosen targets, group after group, and the poem still rings true today. He wrote, first they came for the socialists, and I was not a socialist, so I did not speak out. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. That always makes me cry. <laughs> You know what the powers that be are afraid of? They're not afraid of the virus. They're afraid of us. <laughs> They're afraid we're going to speak out together in numbers they have never seen before. And here we are. <laughs> that we'll, we will speak out, not just for ourselves, but for each other for all of humanity. They're afraid of a critical mass of us are going to speak truth to power. I ask you now, are you going to speak truth to power with children's health defense? Yes. Are we going to speak truth to power to crush vaccine passports? So you came here to hear a great man, I think you know who I'm talking about, a man with a family legacy of speaking truth to power, a man from the great Kennedy family, a lawyer with a degree from Harvard who spent his entire career defending the environment and winning against the biggest polluters, including a landmark victory against Monsanto and against DuPont. And he won against DuPont, which was the inspiration for the film Dark Waters. He's the founder of Waterkeeper Alliance and was named one of Time Magazine's Heroes for the Planet for his success helping Riverkeeper lead the fight to restore the Hudson River. When he learned that the medical interventions we give our children are 100 times worse than what we're doing to the environment, he turned to defending children's health. I've heard, I've heard Robert F. Kennedy Jr. say that he gets unpaid for doing this work. <laughs> he also defends our First Amendment rights, our rights to have fully informed medical choice, our rights to privacy around medical and personal information. He supports religious freedoms and for people of faith to gather and worship. <laughs> he is a man of great intellect, and compassion for all, everyone from humans to animals to the planet. In fact, when there were fires at his house about a year ago, he left that house with a duffel bag, jeans, a jacket, and some turtles. <laughs> he has a vision and a drive to win. He's the chairman of the board of Children's Health Defense and chief legal counsel for Children's Health Defense. Please welcome the great Robert F. Kennedy, Jr.
Thank you, Alex. Thank you, everybody. I think I can use it. Can you all hear me? In the back row, can you hear me? Raise your hand. Uh, okay. Um, I'm really happy to be here, and I want to start. First of all, my voice. I apologize for my voice, which should get better as I speak. I actually, I, I got this. I used to have a very strong voice, and then uh, when I was 46 years old in 1996, I got this disease called spasmodic dystonia that break, makes my voice break up like that. And uh, doctors for many years asked me, did you suffer a trauma back here? And I was like, my life is a trauma. <laughs> I, I couldn't pinpoint anything. And then um, I, about a year ago, I was organizing litigation against all of the, vac the four vaccine companies that make all 72 of the U.S. vaccines that are now mandated for American children, all the doses. And part of that, I was going through the manufacturer's inserts for each of those vaccines where they're required to list all of the kind of acknowledged side effects or possible side effects. And when I got to the flu vaccines, the flu vaccine, um, one of the flu vaccines had as one of the top listed items spasmodic dystonia. And I took that vaccine every year. I, I taught for four, almost 40 years at Pace University Law School in White Plains, New York. And it happened that the infirmary was right next to my office. So whenever they put up the flu shot every year, I would go in and get it. I didn't know what I know today. And um, so for the first time, it occurred to me that this might be a vaccine injury. I don't know, um, but it's certainly a possibility. I want to start by saying, but anyway, the punchline is that my voice ought to get better as I speak. It usually does. <clears throat> I want to start by thanking Pastor Rick and Pastor Michael for their incredible courage, for their clarity of vision, and for their willingness to stand up for their conscience. Against all the power of the government and the medical cartel and everybody coming after them, and it was just an inspiration to, I think, everybody in this country who sees what's going on. I mean, the $3.2 million that they're now ordered to pay in this church seems like a terrible, terrible thing, but actually it's a good thing because the fact that he was willing to ignore that is such an inspiration. And, you know, anybody else who's complaining about, you know, I don't want to stand up and say anything because I might lose something. Um, it's pretty hard to do that if you know, if you're around Pastor Mike, you, you can't really. Um, that's not a good excuse. There was a, there was a bunch of experiments that were done at Yale University in the early 1970s called the Milgram experiments. 
and they were extraordinary experiments that have been integrated into the U.S. and intelligence agencies' IOPS manuals. And what they found, what they did was they took this, this, um, this social psychologist, Stanley Milgram, took people from all walks of life and divided them arbitrarily into two groups. And one of the people, one of the groups had to sit in an electric chair and the other group would push a button and give them a shock if the doctor in the white coat told them to do it. And the doctor kept telling them to escalate the they were He was pretending they were part of a different experiment. And when the doctor told them to hit it, he would shock these people. They couldn't see the people they were shocking. They could just hear them screaming. And at the end, they were dialing it up to 300 volts, which is near fatal. And every single one of the 300 people they had in that experiment were administering them for full dose, even though it was against their conscience, because a guy in a white coat told them to do it. And I've recalled those experiments many, many times in, over the last year because it's so unusual to me that because Tony Fauci stands up there, a guy in a white coat, and tells us to do things that we know are wrong. We know they're wrong. We know you can't go. <laughs> and you know, we know you're not supposed to censor free speech in this country. Everybody knows that. And yet you have these educated people, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, people who went to Harvard, people who know everything about American history and, and took civics lessons when they were in high school. And they know the worst thing that every totalitarian state throughout history has begun with one thing, censorship. And that once you do censorship, the, the reason the founders put that in the First Amendment was because they knew that if, they could, if anybody could start censoring, they could get rid of all the other amendments overnight because nobody would be able to complain about it. So it was the first thing they did. And then if you look at, you know, we, they didn't just obliterate the middle class in this country over the past year. They completely obliterated the United States Constitution. I would never have believed this. They got rid of, they got rid of freedom of speech. They got rid of uh, religious freedoms, which is also in the First Amendment. How do you close all the churches? Order, could you imagine two years ago? that somebody would come along and say, we're gonna close every church in the United States for a year and keep all the liquor stores open as essential businesses. <laughs> the liquor stores aren't in the Constitution. The churches are. Wow, doesn't Bobby Kennedy wrap this up at the end about censorship, about totalitarian governments, about the suppression of religious freedom. Here is a guy that has fought in the court system for 40 years, 
from one of the most renowned families as far as political royalty, the Kennedys. Bobby was 14 years old when his father was assassinated and uh, his uh, Bobby Sr. was running for president in 1968. This is a person that brings all of the credentials to slam this home. And uh, what a special thing. Well, I'm just so excited. You got to tune in tomorrow to Vintage McCoy. Hey guys, thanks for watching. For more information, head over to vintagemccoy.com or follow us on Instagram at the Vintage McCoy. We'll see you there.